0: On this episode, Caitlin ruins our lives with One Direction.
1: Best song ever? More like best episode ever. Hey, so many people just shut off their iPods. (laughs) We just lost all of our listeners. Oh, no. Hi, welcome to Ruin My Life, a podcast about forcing your friends to like the things you like. I'm Jason Edwards.
0: I'm Kelsey Goldman.
1: And we have a very special guest today with us, don't we, Kelsey?
0: Yes. Our guest today is my uh, friend and One Direction scholar,
2: Caitlin Higgins. Caitlin. Uh, Hello.
1: Thanks for coming on, Caitlin.
2: (sighs) Thank you so much for having me. No, thank you. You're welcome.
1: Okay, that's that's good. That's better. The reason her, her One Direction <laughs> fandom is relevant is because this is an episode all about One Direction.
2: Yeah.
1: So for everyone who doesn't know, which is probably no one, One Direction is an English-Irish boy band consisting of five members. Well, four. Four-ish. And I don't know how to pronounce some of their names. So Caitlin, would you please uh, read their names off for me?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So you've got Harry Styles, Niall Horan, Liam Payne, Zayn Malik, and Louis Tomlinson.
1: Thank you for that. You're welcome. It's mostly um, Niall. 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 His name.
2: That's the good Irish name. Oh, that's where the Irish comes. That actually from. will help me. Yeah, yeah. Niall. Yeah. Okay, Niall. And they... so you have to say like with an Irish
1: accent. Niall. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing from your laughter that I nailed it.
0: Caitlin family lives in Ireland. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nailed it nice nice they Niled formed one. in 2010 right because the five of them were on x factor yes but they entered uh individually yes and got literally thrown together mm-hmm. by either simon cowell or nicole scherzinger. Scherzinger. scherzinger thank you i'm terrible with names thank you all for <laughs> lifting me up in this way and they placed the third i think is that right yeah they didn't win they didn't win Third, Thir- I'm telling you. Third. Carly Rae Jepsen, a previous episode, was also a third. It's the sweet spot.
2: It is. Mm-hmm. I've always felt that way about those singing contests. Like, I feel like the people who came in second or third always no, end you, up doing better. If because you come in second,
0: you lose. You're, you a, lose loser. You're a loser. You lose that final thing. You're a loser. if you come in third, you just didn't win.
1: And you sort of get to launch your career before the show is even over, mm-hmm. which is kind of yeah. nice. Mm-hmm. And also, you don't get tied into those awful contracts, like,
2: Except One Direction totally did. Okay, you're right. (laughs) We can talk about this.
1: (laughs) Caitlin, how did you come to your One Direction fandom?
2: Well, I always like to say it's all Paul Rudd's fault, which is a good hook, I think, (laughs) I hope. It's all Um, Paul Rudd's fault. I'm I'm hooked. It's all Paul Rudd's fault. So um, I actually, I hated One Direction because... twist!
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, cut the feed, cut the feed!
2: Um, Yeah, so they... I was in London at, like, the end of 2011 when they were getting really popular. And, like, at the student union bar at the school I was at, like, What Makes You Beautiful, the video, was, like, constantly playing. So I was just, like, who are these, like, five Justin Biebers with British accents? Like, get them, like, away from me. And, yeah, I think I just had that mentality, like, they're a boy band, they're for teenagers, like – I'm, like, too mature for this. Like, I'm going to go listen starting to, like. I'm abroad, damn it. Like, I'm going to go listen to my, like, sad, thoughtful, poignant music. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> um, and then I think when I came back to the States, they were just getting really popular here. So I was just, like, too bombarded <laughs> with them. And I, like, hated them. And then I kind of transitioned into, like, tolerating slash forgetting they existed. Um and then in 2013, I was watching SNL, and Paul Rudd was hosting, and One Direction were the musical guests, and I was like, I guess we'll suffer through this. Because um, Paul Rudd. Yeah, because Paul Rudd. Yeah. Cause um, ladies love Paul Rudd. Yeah. yeah. Ladies so, love Paul Rudd. Yeah, I, well, I love shout Paul out, Rudd. And, Amy. Yeah, there's another podcast. Ladies love Paul Rudd. Oh, all right. Mm-hmm. Well, I can be a guest on that one next. <laughs> um, anyway... And so, and my friend was over, a a co-worker and a friend um, was over and we're watching it together and neither of us had any interest in One Direction, but then like they performed and we're like, all right. I was like, oh, they're not like itty bitty, like like they're not, like it had been a few years since they'd been around. And I was like, and they're not that terrible. Like, yeah, like these songs sound similar to each other and whatever, but so then it was like a casual, like. I like them and I started to like listen to them in the car sometimes like when me and this particular friend were like going anywhere together we'd like let's like jam to one direction because it's fun and we were very
0: jamble and
2: we were like working at a nonprofit, like overextended like everything (laughs) we were doing like for like 60 hours a week was super serious and intense and so we're like they're fun like they're cute and they're fun and it's pop music and like it's just a cool like outlet to have um and then we watched their movie this Is Us. Sure, should watch that. <laughs> Which, like, was the tales? Like, that's where it all, like, really happened. I'm
1: sorry. I'm just now connecting the fact that uh, One Direction's first concert documentary film has the same title as hit NBC drama, This Is Us.
2: <laughs> yes, it does.
1: Are they connected in any way? I have seen, seen neither.
2: They're not. Um, and obviously the One Direction documentary came out first.
1: So. so I assume the show was a continuation of the story <laughs> in of the documentary. Is that... Is that not if true? one direction was feeling
0: particularly litigious, yeah. They mm-hmm. might have a case.
2: Mm-hmm. So so we watched that. And <laughs>
1: that's <laughs> quite a jump in fandom levels, by the way. Yeah. Casually enjoying music in your car to watching their movie.
2: So we were yeah, it was like the spring or summer and we we're like, let's have like a margarita movie night. And we we're like, doesn't One Direction Didn't have movie a movie? Juice, so it was honestly movie like juice. a we are yeah. just gonna do this, like for fun, like kind of as we were still at the kind of like ironically liking Mm -hmm. One Direction like phase Uh we're like let's just watch this I know exactly
1: where this leads
2: (laughs) and then like and then like the movie was like fun and they you know obviously they're presented as like cool like chill down to earth guys whatever but then like Morgan Spurlock um did that documentary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? oh wow. Which yeah. and then there's there's an interview with Morgan Spurlock in Rolling Stone where he talks about, he's like, I wouldn't have done this if they sucked. Like, and he was like, and they don't suck. And I spent so much time with them. <laughs> um, and that they're like really humble. And like Harry was just like living in one of their like producers' like attics while he was like looking at, like, it's just like very like. You wouldn't know they had all this... Whatever. Anyway, so I was like, all right.
1: It's weird. I don't know if anyone else is having this reaction right now, but I'm realizing I kind of do trust Morgan Spurlock as a yeah. judge of character. <laughs> I don't know why, but I really I just feel that. Right.
2: I don't not.
1: Like, you're not, you're not inclined to disbelieve him.
2: No. Right. And, and like, that? everything else he's done know. is like... Serious and kind of, like, for the greater... You know, like, trying yeah. to, like, prove things are shitty to try and make the... Can I swear on here? Was that, like... Oh, oh no, yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. yeah,
1: we, we like, drop swears like it's prove, nothing.
2: So, what, yeah, so, you're you are like, that that's warning. really interesting that this person who does these very serious, like, like, social activist kind of documentaries then did a One Direction film and was, like, cool. I mean, I'm sure he got paid a lot of money. Oh, yeah, sure. But, um... Anyway, this is like I'm sorry. This is going yeah, on you, so long, you, you're but like, trying to believe that he wouldn't do it if they suck, right? Yeah, like I, I trust him. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. You. Huh. So anyway, so Which we, we, like, we watched that, the and then like you know, you just I don't know, and then it just like happened. <laughs> I can't. So, but anyway, so like my main point I think about my my journey <laughs> was, um, into into loving One Direction is that like so it kind of started as this like it's fun and i'm not going to like be ashamed for liking fun music because yeah. like everything else i do in life right now is like super heavy and like it's just a good outlet and a good break and i do love sad music but then like you can't like do all of the sad stuff at once cuz then like yeah anyway yeah um but then as i sort of ca- not like super deep into the fandom but you know i came to understand it and what was going on like my love My love for One Direction, I think, started to become also, like, this defense of, like, girlhood and, like, a defense of, like, their fandom and how, like, devalued fans of boy bands and fans of things that are heavily marketed to young girls are. And then it became this very, like, (laughs) I was, like, looking at it as a fan and also, like, through, like, this, like, social context, too. And so now, like, my love for One Direction has, like,
0: yeah, What you're really saying Blossomed is, into that. liking One Direction is good for the world.
1: Mm. I'm really?
2: not saying it's not good for the world.
1: <laughs> so you went from joke to sincere outlet to cause.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, cause is, you know. I um,
1: mean, I'm using, you know. I'm,
2: it's a little, like.
1: I'm being a little bit dramatic. Dramatic, but. but I don't think you're wrong.
2: So yeah, and obviously there's like a lot of weird stuff that happens with the One Direction fandom. Um, but I think the pinnacle, the pinnacle of your fandom.
1: Yes, let's hold off yeah. on the uh, the general fandom at large. That's going to be our. That's our whole back end. No, just, just save, <laughs> save your energy. Is all I'm saying.
0: The pinnacle of your particular fandom was um, turning it into a academic pursuit <laughs> yeah i
2: mean acad- i mean I, I did turn it into an academic pursuit um a very small percentage of my <laughs> academic pursuits. yeah just sort of realize it and 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 seeing in myself having been like i don't like them because teenagers like them and like i'm an adult and like and like having come from that perspective i like feel bad about it but i think like a lot of people are sort of conditioned to be like, I can't like what teenagers like or I'm supposed to, like, shame what teenagers like, especially, like, teen girls. Mm. I
0: think there was a, we sort of <clears throat> talked about that too on the Carly Ray Jepsen episode about how, like, there's all these think pieces about how women shouldn't be listening to Carly Rae Jepsen because she's not uh, mature enough, and it's, it's <sighs> so stupid. Because Carly Rae Jepsen's just fun music, like one yeah, direction. exactly. And
1: you raise a good point. that it. I mean, I like the way you phrase it as being your outlet, because you had a very like, lot of serious, like, just sort of Intense stuff you're working on. And it, there's, there's plenty of value in having just a thing that's just enjoyable for the sake of it. Right. And just fun and makes you happy. People overlook yeah. that about pop music. I overlook that about pop music myself sometimes. Because, um, the, you know, when you actually consume it just as the way you're consuming it, which is the way it's meant to be enjoyed, mm-hmm. it's very effective and there's nothing wrong with that.
2: Right. Yeah, like not that there aren't,
1: I mean, you, you just problems. said all that. I just want to say that I agree with all everything you just said.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I mean, and not to say that there aren't problems with, like, a lot of prevailing themes in, like, pop music or the industry, obviously. Right. But, yeah. yeah, pop music, it's meant to be fun. It's not, you know.
1: Yeah. People often deride it just as a concept. Yeah. There's just a blanket dismissal of everything. Yeah. And that's not good.
2: No. Exactly. I'm glad we're on the same page <laughs> so far. <laughs> Um,
0: so for this, uh, task in, in ruining our lives, you, you gave us, um, a fairly short playlist because perhaps Jason and I are a little overzealous
2: with our playlist. Yes. In science. hindsight,
1: we could do to learn <laughs> from your example and perhaps not, uh, make song playlists that are 35 songs long.
2: Well, I also like to think of myself as like, a like a very good playlist curator. Mm. So like I... I like knew what I was doing.
1: I think of myself that way too, but I'm very not much that be, you guys don't know what you're I'm doing. I'm very much when making more playlists. is more is school. <laughs> like how much can I throw on here and get away with it?
2: Well, I also was trying. I mean, sorry, you, you can ask, but I, I was trying to sort of show like I didn't put any of their like singles on there. Yeah. Like maybe one or obviously like their solo, si- you know, yeah. like more recent stuff. But I, I like there. I was making that playlist with the purpose of it sort of representing what One Direc- like the opposite of what One Direction is seen as by a lot of people. I think you I did guess, a good job.
1: So. I Thank agree. you. The challenge I want to present to you yeah. in this episode is, because I'm already basically familiar with One Direction. I didn't know a lot of the songs you put in this playlist. A lot of these are deep cuts that I didn't really know. <laughs> but I'm pretty conversant in, like, uh, despite the fact that I can't say any other names, I know I'm, I'm keeping pretty close watching all their solo work.
0: You do have a podcast about pop music. I
1: do. It's called The 40 Ounce. Um, Every
0: opposite Friday of this podcast. Yes, alternating
1: Fridays, (laughs) and we actually talked about uh, Liam Payne's uh, pretty fantastic song, uh, "Strip It Strip It Down." Strip that down. Strip that down. Excuse me. STD. Excuse me. (laughs) Oh Oh, no! Sorry,
2: (laughs) Sorry to have ruined it for
1: you. Is that like a thing? No. Is that like a? No,
2: I just. I hope I mean, not. I, I, <laughs> we can call it strip it down <laughs> if that's more comfortable. Uh,
1: no, but but like, I, what I want, and I feel like you've already caught me on this track, is I want to not feel bad about liking One Direction, because I find even when I listen to these songs you put us uh, put on this playlist for us, which I enjoyed a lot of them, <laughs> I still find myself holding back for some reason.
2: So, can I ask what like is there anything in particular that you find makes you feel bad?
1: It's, I think, mostly about, and this is an incredibly stupid thing to say about a pop songs. It's pretty obvious, but it's hard for me to ignore the manufactured aspect of it, which is really it comes out because, really just because there's, you know, a lot of them are singing on the song, and it very much feels like they've been, there's five of them, well, there's four now, but typically there were five, <laughs> and they've each got to get a certain amount of time on the right. song. So we're going to split it up like that, and everyone's going to have their moment, and then we'll move on to the next voice, even if it's not in service of the song. I mean, that's not really what I think about when I when I am listening to the music. What happens is I hear the song, and then I hear, you know, a different voice, and I can't not think about the fact that it's like five, like reality show contestants who got organized into, into a five-person group together. Um. That's really the thing that gets me because like everything else about it is so enjoyable and there's so many like so many great hooks so catchy, so catchy. and fun and and lo- like i mean i have different I mean, opinions girl,
0: Mighty is my new jam
1: right <laughs> yeah <laughs> Good story about
2: that is that I had I was telling you last night, or I was telling mm-hmm. our the group we were with, I had a I have a pin that's yeah. like a hand holding a lightning bolt and it says Girl Almighty, and I wish I knew the name of the Etsy shop to like give a shout out. But <laughs> I used to wear it on my apron at work, and people would even people who did it, like obviously if they knew, they knew. But then there'd be people who didn't know, and they're like, that's such a great pin. Like <laughs> I love that. And I'm like,
0: it's one direction. Like it was
2: like the most perfect, subtle. Like, shout out to One Direction. <laughs> and I wish that in their official merch, they would have been better <laughs> at subtlety.
0: Um, I think what you were saying there about the manufacturedness um, brings me to questions that I have regarding, like, their, how they make their songs.
1: <laughs> who, who, do, who are these boys, anyway? <laughs>
0: um, because, like, I think on the first album, which is really the only album I had any familiarity with, because, like, I had it. It was catchy. Like, I was into it. Ironically, and then unironically.
1: It always gets you. All right. It's impossible to enjoy a thing ironically for too long. Right? <laughs> it's like a Nietzsche quote. <laughs> it stares back at you.
0: And and that stuff does feel pretty, like, produced and, like, it's, like, because it was the first thing that came out after X Factor. But who writes their songs? Do they write them? I know Niall plays the guitar. Do the rest of them play any instruments? What 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 is, What is their various, like, Talents and skills as far as music goes, because they were just auditioned for X Factor on their voices, right?
2: Yeah. So. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know, like, how much, like, research into their songwriting and, like, everything that you did prior to this, but... Yeah, no, that's, that's good, because then I feel like I'm actually, like, imparting knowledge, information. So, yeah, I mean, their first album, and I'm pretty sure even the second one, it was all, like, written by, like, industry pop music, right, like, pop songwriters. Which those gotta got make a living, too. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're people who've written for all the, like, heavy hitters in pop music. And then, I th- like, starting with Midnight Memories, which I think is, like... Uh, Good that you said is maybe your favorite album, mm-hmm. Jason, Just <laughs> earlier. I, I, <laughs> it's li- a contender. I, um, I
1: mostly like it because it made an impression on me when it first came out that they had so radically changed their yeah. aesthetic. Not radically, but like their sound like really right. took a shift that I, I, right. I, I wasn't expecting. And
2: so that's what I should have included in my origin story. <laughs> oh, um, was That was the music they were performing on that episode of SNL was like Story of My Life, which was that first single, not first, but
1: mm. the first
2: single from that album. Um, a a single from that album and it was so different it was very like folksy hand clap like you know or no not that one sorry that's other ones but it was like
1: that album as a whole feels like that has
2: like this like they're trying to go for some like indie like folksy like, an like indie pop sound indie pop it's like sound. a more
1: listenable munford and sons yeah there's a lot of this album it
0: kind of it's like um <laughs> diana really reminded me of something and i couldn't think of what it was
2: yeah and um, like, um, a, like
0: a neon trees or something like that someone who has a lot of claps <laughs> i yeah. know what you're saying about hand claps like yeah that so like feels happily right. like
2: yeah. and like has i don't know anyway so but yeah so that's also that's when i got into them because i was like wait a minute. Like this is different, and this is not so far off from what well, I would listen to. It. And I remember being in the car with my mom once, and I mean, my mom's not I'm sorry, mom. She's not like, <laughs> great at like distinguishing like artists from one another necessarily, but she so was in the car, and Story of My Life came on the radio, and she asked if it was Ryan Adams, who's like my one of my absolute. All, I'm like oh, wearing man. one of his shirts right now, like my absolute all time favorite artist. Um, and he's like in started in like the alt country like (laughs) indie like and I was just like no but I'm intrigued and feel a little better about this that you've said that even though like my mom's not like a music professional um nor am I but um Mm -hmm. yeah so starting with Midnight Memories and that's what hooked me too because I was like this is really different and started like starting with that album like they did start writing more of the music themselves um like it's not every song and it's not all of them um like Liam and Louis have most of the songwriting yeah, Liam credits Liam seems to be popping up a throughout, lot throughout which in a recent interview about his solo music Leo and someone said you know like oh you and Louis like often were writing songs together and the two of you wrote a lot of the songs when they were written by the members like maybe and they're not great apart <laughs> yeah, well he was saying that um
1: a real Lennon McCartney situation.
2: <laughs> so, but he, so what he said was that he was not like the one responsible for a lot of the lyrics.
1: Oh, which that goes a long way towards explaining Strip That Down.
2: <laughs> um, and like Louis' solo stuff so far, like the lyrics are I don't know, I'd argue better than Strip That Down. Um
1: Well, he, he Strip That Down was just him celebrating because he used to be in 1D. And now he's now out. Very Humphrey.
2: So yes, and so with my tumble into the like one direct <laughs> into One Direction, and I did look up stuff like that. Um, like, were they writing the songs? And they did write, you know, a f- you know a decent amount, and they sort of only started writing more and more as their album, you know, throughout the albums. So yes, so they did write some of the lyrics and sometimes that upsets me because some of the lyrics are like, I don't, don't (laughs) like, like when I saw them in London, I literally went to the bathroom during little black because it was like, I hate this song. Like it's terrible. Um so like I'm not like crazy about I feel like them. some of their lyrics I like I like their lyrics better
0: when they maybe don't make the most sense. Right. <laughs> like when they're not actually trying to make a point and those just are, like
2: it just sounds good. <laughs> those are probably a lot of Harry's songs. Um, <laughs> um so I'm I mean I do not love One Direction without also disagreeing with many aspects of their lyrics or, you know, whatever else. But
1: That was a problem I had early on, too, was because mm-hmm. the first two singles I was really aware of, and there were more in between these that I just didn't hear, but it was uh, um, What Makes You Beautiful, which is <laughs> a pretty... Um, Not great idea to hang, to hang a song around.
2: Musically catchy as fuck. Musically yeah. impossible
1: uh-huh. to do Have you
2: seen, I think it was Stephen Colbert, like did a little segment on what makes you beautiful. <laughs> I didn't see that. And it's really funny because he sort of talks about how it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> because it's like, you don't know you're beautiful. That's what makes you beautiful. But now I'm telling you you're beautiful through this song. <laughs> so you're ugly so now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, I haven't watched it in a little while, but... I it's good. Like he makes you know a good point, and it's funny. And at least you know they didn't write that one.
1: (laughs) Another one that they uh, and then the next one I really paid attention to because it was clear they were going to be like a thing was Little Things, which was written by your boy uh, uh, Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Whose name I'm just now finding out is actually Edward Christopher Sheeran, (laughs) which feels actually that should be his stage name because that feels a lot more appropriate to the way that dude sounds. (laughs) Uh, and little things is like n- a musical negging, like it's like I, it's,
0: I don't. I mean, I don't... it's a, it's a ne- musical negging.
1: Yeah, because it's it's like the, the idea is like I love all the little imperfections about you, but, but they then go just, so like, in depth, pointing out all of yes. these like really uh. strange,
2: which is kind of a really Ed Sheeran thing to I to mean, be Ed Sheeran, like oddly like, specific. Since, you know, <laughs> um, have a lot
0: of sex after eating a shitload of Chinese food. So, so uh,
1: yeah, Ed Sheeran doesn't know how sex works. <laughs> I've covered that in my, uh, my other podcast as well, so I won't revisit it here. <laughs> Suffice to say, uh, the, like he talks about like, he, like oh, the crinkles by your eyes and you smile. That's, That's cute. Fine. You drink tea before you go to bed. That's a cute little affectation, a little cute little quirk. But he says like, uh, you've never loved your stomach or your thighs. Yeah, like something about like, like, having
2: to like, squeeze into your yeah, jeans. You never want to know
1: how much you weigh. You still have to squeeze into your jeans, but you're perfect to me. Gross. Yeah. Gross, gross, gross. Yeah. That's so weird. No. Why would you say that to someone that you like...
2: And also so when I saw I saw Niall uh, on his like today show performance, and the crowd was like screaming for him. they always want him to cover little things as a solo artist because when they would perform as a group, like he was the one who, he was like the only member of one direction who played an instrument who wasn't just like the backing band. yeah um, and so he'd always be playing the acoustic guitar during little things. So I think somehow and I just like, Standing in a crowd of, you know, mostly, like, young women, you, like, play little things, or, like, being in a stadium full of mostly young girls, like, singing along to lyrics, like, those in little Mm -hmm. black dress, those were, like, really crazy moments for (laughs) me, like, I like the first time I saw One Direction, I was just like standing there. I was like, no, like I can't like that was so bizarre and like <laughs> oh, gross. Man. Like it felt so gross to me. I just wanted to like scream and be like, stop. But no one would hear me because they're screaming like, <laughs> terrible <directions. laughs> Oh, it's like a nightmare. Um
1: So they sort of had the that was where my opinion of them began. So they sort of had a lot of uphill work to do. Yeah.
2: And and like I was saying earlier to you guys, like it's not like they've made a like complete improvement (laughs) on their lyrical content um but i mean what i the way i like to see it is i mean like no one's perfect and like they're not gonna be perfect and like they're all still very young um and so like it's hopefully like they'll get get better with that kind of stuff um Like, I have high hopes because they, you know, as portrayed by Morgan Spurlock, (laughs) like, they seem like good dudes. So you hope that, like, they wise up to (laughs) better lyrical content.
0: It's weird to me because I was just looking through all the the sort of track, uh, who wrote tracks. And as you said, Liam and and Louis Sent to write the most, and I disliked their solo work the
2: most. Isn't that interesting? And, like, they wrote, like, What a Feeling, which is, I'm pretty sure they wrote What a Feeling off Made in the AM, um, which is, like, the song I used to hook one of my friends like into, the, like, to get her into them, because um, she, like, really didn't like them, and then I was like, yeah, but you should listen to this song, and now she's, like, just as deep in it as I am. <laughs> um, so... And that's really interesting to me because, like, I love that song. And it has that, like, se- like flowy, like, 70s, like, Fleetwood Mac kind of vibe, yeah. like, going. Which is, like, Harry's whole vibe. Right, which is, like, <laughs> Harry and Niall are, like, such Fleetwood Mac fanboys and, like, friends with, like, yeah. Stevie Nicks. So it's, like, really – so, I mean, and obviously there were other people working with them on that song. Yeah. So, um I, you, like, you can't tell from a list of people who wrote a song who wrote more of it or who well, necessarily, like, yeah. wrote which parts of it. and like from, so. from
0: what I can tell, like, with their solo careers, like, Niall went expectedly more like acoustic, folky. Mm-hmm. He plays the guitar. He's Irish. <laughs> um, <I don't... laughs> he's well, Irish.
1: More, what more do you need?
0: And then, like, Harry went, you know, 70s rock. Yeah. And then Louie and Liam went kind of. Whatever today's pop music is,
1: yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, Liam's I, like sure.
2: the like R and B pop kind yeah. of. Um... Yeah,
1: he's the only one of them so far to do a song with Quavo.
2: Yes, everyone will do a song with Quavo.
1: He's everywhere. <laughs> that's <laughs> that, that's a, it didn't. Andy and Warhol's... he also did a
2: song with zed Um, it's not. It's like Zed's song featuring Liam. So it's not like Liam's single. Um, but it's that kind of like. Trop like that like tropical how like whatever that genre is now um not too distinguishable from a lot of other stuff on the radio but still like catchy and like like i don't hate listening to it um
1: then louis has barely put any music at all
2: yeah well so he's like
1: one and a half songs
2: his first song was with steve aoki um because louis just like into every kind of music probably which is (laughs) normal but um (laughs) Yeah. And that was really interesting. So they just, from what I understand, I mean, they just kind of like became friends and were like, let's just do something together. Like, like why not? When you're like rich and have all those resources, you can do anything. Um, And so they did that. And it was he performed it for the first time, like very shortly after his mom died and he performed it, I believe, like on The X Factor um, so it was, like, super emotional. If you like the lyrics of the song are pretty emotional. Yeah, that was, like, a big moment for lots of fans of Louis and for Louis himself. Um, I think, um... But so he's had a lot going on in his life, so I feel like his taking time to put music out is fair. Like, he has a kid and then he has lots of, you know, other not Mama. great stuff going <laughs> on, so... You know, and yeah, now he's got this song, and I'm pretty sure he's, like, putting out a song today that's, like, not a single, but it's coming out at, like, midnight. He tweeted about it.
1: So that will uh, already be out by the time anyone hears this. So yeah, Google it, I guess.
2: I guess it's called, like, Always You or something.
1: Maybe, maybe it'll be good.
2: But I guess, um,
0: so they started doing more of their own r- songwriting and yeah. stuff later after the first couple albums. Yeah. And you would say that the music
2: got better? I mean, that's very subjective. <laughs> like, I liked it. Um, and I, and what I think is that it started to morph into music closer to what I already would have said I was a fan of. Mm-hmm. Um, like, sort of, some songs were taking that, like, folksy, indie, pop kind of way. Um, some were just, like, definitely, like, they tried to be more, like, rock pop um maybe pop rock right. you know more <laughs> pop but um you know like more like actual like instruments and i think you asked earlier like if they any of them play instruments besides nile i know besides nile okay, still... harry does so like as a solo artist he's been like jamming on the guitar um louis i'm pretty sure like can play the piano but, like, Harry, definitely, he has been playing the guitar live on his current tour. I mean, so sidebar,
1: I'd love to see Harry Styles in concert.
2: Oh, my God. His shows She's look going. freaking wild. You're going? Not going till next London year.
0: And seeing oh. him in London. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, Honestly, I mean.
1: Though, I, I like Harry Styles' solo first album a lot. Yeah. It has, mean, it has some songwriting problems, but the, the idea that he, like, this is a music he wants to make now yeah. that he's a solo artist is really just fascinating and so exciting yeah i mean
0: honestly when we we watched him he was on saturday night live and he did sign of the times and i was like this, this is a good song
2: yeah
1: <laughs> his band was like it's like his a lot of women awesome. they all yeah. like sing yeah. the backing vocals it was like really like it felt like a cohesive band like, yeah. yeah
2: so with both harry and niall so niall like started a tour even though his album doesn't come out till like <laughs> later this month but and I have like thoughts about that but I think it was cool that he wanted to both of them made it a priority to like play like much smaller venues than One Direction like ever played like playing like 2000 capacity venues when they were playing like 70,000 capacity <laughs> like football stadiums yeah. um so that's that's super intimate and super small yeah. for them um but which sucks for a lot of fans who <laughs> like obviously did not get tickets but like that's cool and because they're both going for that more, like, band, like, vibe, you know, like, we're, you know. And they both have, I think, from what I've seen, like, done a very good job of, like, incorporating themselves into their bands. Like, it's not, like, Harry in, like, his backing band. Like, yeah. it is, but, like, they jam together. Like, they do it so well. It seems um, like he's friends with his band. Yeah. It just <laughs> seems like they're both, like, the front of, like, that they're, like, the lead singer of a band. Um so that's cool. Um, I
1: really want to just fast forward to like 20, you know, 30 years from now when Harry Styles is doing is like his like it's like a 45 or 50 year old man touring with like his band playing all like his like huge catalog of 70s rock style <laughs> hits. I'm just I'm ready for that. Yeah. So I've got one thing to look he'll forward be there. to. I want to see Harry
2: like, Styles at the Beacon Theater.
1: <laughs> right.
2: That's where Niall's playing really? in New York on Halloween
1: tickets so expensive it's scary
2: (laughs) and like harry just played radio city um which is neat
1: there's something we have to we have to something a little bit sad we have to touch on real quick sure which is that one direction is as of right now not a thing so zane left in 2015 is that right yeah and then about a year later
2: not even. I Not thought. quite a
1: year, no. Like an album later, which for them is less than a year. <laughs> the band went on hiatus.
2: Yeah. So Zayn left um, and he sort of cited like like they were so overworked. Uh, yeah, I mean,
1: they did they basically went out a year for they li- four they, years.
2: Yeah, they, they did an album touring. a year, but they were constantly touring. Yeah. Like they literally would have like 300 tour dates. Ugh. And they only rescheduled like one of those, I'm pretty sure. And it was towards the end. <sighs> Like they and so they were recording while on the road. And was that that
0: scheduled due to their X Factor contract?
2: Yeah, or to what? Yeah, that uh-huh. Simon Cowell contract or whatever. Um, I mean, I
1: also assume just basic economics. Like this is a hot boy band; they're only going to be this young right. for once, yeah. and they got to live like they're young. Song shout-out title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's get them. On, let's get these boys on the road. Yeah,
2: right. You want to get as much out of that commodity yeah, as you can because but I- it's historically boy bands are very fleeting fleeting they're super popular for a moment and then and i think like one direction like if they get back together like they're still gonna have so many fans
1: do you think that's ever gonna happen
2: <sighs> like i like to be optimistic because personally like if i don't get to hear songs from made in the am live i'm gonna be very upset and because I like to think that, like, like why would they constantly say like we're getting back together? I mean, they would, it's, whatever.
1: The, originally, the hiatus was supposed to be eighteen like, months. Yes. Yeah, and that like that has that. come and gone.
2: Yeah, um, so that was total speculation. <laughs> <Yeah>. I guess <laughs> that was just a random number, right? Um,
1: so there's ballpark in it. and they're
2: all only just like kicking off their solo endeavors, um, and they're obviously going to want to do what they can with those. So, like, I would. I like to be optimistic because I, because I think, you know, as an ounce I don't know what's going on in the inside. No one does, but like, I think they made a good decision by like taking this hiatus when they did instead of like letting it run like getting totally like, totally like in like out. hating each other. Yeah, um, yeah. They like they seem very way. close. Like Nile was like recently at one of Harry's sh- like his show in L.A. and like when they're at like the same like f- like radio shows or whatever like. They're, you know, they're take take pictures together, or whatever. So, like it appears that they're all still on good terms and that they're like there's or the four of them. Yeah, there's like <laughs> some are on better terms with Zane than others, I guess. I, no one really knows. It's but yeah, so I I think they are. Um, uh, but I also am like have that like realistic voice in the back of my head, <laughs> like trying to prepare myself for like the chance that. They don't,
1: but yeah, you never know. It could be like a Backstreet Boys thing where they're yeah. broken up for years and then they yeah. get back and they just stay together apparently for the rest of time. Yeah, so they have not <laughs> like gone if they wanted to get back together when
2: they're like 40, and like yeah. that's fine. I
1: have <laughs> a <laughs> that's better than not. It, it might sound weird for some of those songs to be sung by 40 year old men, but
2: yeah,
0: well, they'll just
2: have to cut those. <laughs> so,
0: okay, question.
2: Yeah, I. that's a tough question that I was not prepared for. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so I, uh, I like
0: to make you think, Caitlin.
2: Yeah, well.
1: Or it's about, or this, this musical is called One Thing and it's about the search for the what? one thing.
0: <gasps> what is the one thing? <laughs> what,
1: hashtag what is the one thing?
0: Caitlin, do you know what the one thing is? I don't. I really well, don't. Well, someone out there
1: has got that one thing and these boys are going to sail across the world to find her. That's my pitch. <laughs>
0: I mean, other thing that always is weird to me about boy band music is it always seems like there's these five boys singing about one girl. <laughs> uh, that's fair.
1: Kelsey, why are you so against poly representation <laughs> in pop culture? You know I'm not. Mm, She's so a little judgy right now.
0: I mean, if that's their thing, five five <laughs> dudes and one one lady, that's cool, but...
1: <laughs> don't, don't yuck their yum. I'm not going to yuck their yum. <laughs>
0: I think... Anyway, I just wanted to sort of venture down the the (laughs) thematic underpinnings of One
2: Direction songs. Um, Yeah, I think there's just a lot of, like, youthfulness to their songs, Um, but...
1: I feel like Live Like We're Young is not... It's in the show, but it's the show that's not... It's the song that's not part of the actual story, so they sing it, like, at Curtain Call.
2: Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah, um, Because everyone wants to hear it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like they're so all over the place in so many <laughs> yeah, ways, yeah, I love it. Um, like stylistically and thematically. Um,
0: um, well, we'll move on. Yeah, I'll <laughs> I'll
2: like keep that in the back of my head and Just think we'll about come it. Back you to wanna, it. You might want
0: to. You might want to be part of the creative team for the forthcoming One Direction musical someday.
1: Yeah, I mean,
2: maybe that maybe this is it. This is what launches it.
1: We have a lot of uh, uh we have a lot. Of, we do a lot of magical thinking on this podcast. <laughs> To where we believe that if we have an idea for a thing that's not been made... Someone will hire us to make it. Someone will hire us to make it. You got got to visualize and realize. Actualize. Visualize, actualize. Um, That's the secret.
0: So I think talking about uh, all these five guys and and one girl, um, (laughs) kind of... You're really stuck on that. (laughs) It's just like the way that the song is... Because you would think maybe they're singing to five different girls or they're singing to three different girls or whatever. (laughs) Um, But like the way... It always feels like they're singing to one girl.
2: <laughs> yeah, sort of in that vein. Also, the the whole concept of story of my life has always confused me because if you look at the lyrics, it could be not romantic, but then there's a couple things that you're like, okay, well then it like has to be romantic. But then the music video is with their families, hmm. so I just I like. If anyone from One Direction listens to this, <laughs> like that's my burning question for them.
1: We're going we're gonna to drop that, uh, that sort of Damocles that's been hanging over you the entire episode <laughs> and sort of push open this dark creaking door eee, into the internet. Oh no, oh what's in there? What's everyone talking about? What, the fandom, what's it like?
0: Uh, Caitlin is particularly qualified to talk on this as she wrote a paper about the fandom of One Direction.
2: Yeah, but I'd like to say that also uh-huh. that was a very, it was a fun paper to write because I got to, like, quote One Direction tweets in <laughs> a paper uh, at a very prestigious university. Um, oh, but, um, well. At the London School of Economics. But um, Oh,
1: the finest schools in London.
2: But, um, so that was cool. But um, it's also very fresh. I mean, uh, frustrating because obviously One Direction is a pretty recent, thing
0: uh not a lot of academic so there's not a lot of
2: academic paper and that's the thing with academia in general is like things take so long to get published that Mm. like and when you're studying the field of like media and communications that's very frustrating because it takes so much longer for something to get published and by the time it's published it's like almost irrelevant Mm. in a lot of cases uh like yeah a lot of articles about myspace still (laughs) still out there (laughs) but um not in, not really into One Direction. Um, so,
0: what's what's the fandom
2: like? I'd like to say it's like a pretty cool place because it's just a lot of like, and not to like stereotype, but also like it's a lot of young girls. Uh, whether that means like teenagers or like in their twenties, um, but it's also like people who are in their thirties and forties. Um, like, there's definitely people all over of every age who really appreciate One Direction. Um, and so the really good parts of it are really cool. And it's a lot of like, you know, like young women supporting each other um, and making connections and creating really cool fan art, um, which sometimes gets recognized by the boys. And that's really cool. Um, but then as with any fandom, I'd assume there's some really deep, gross stuff. <laughs> Toxic. Toxic is <laughs> a great word for it. Yeah. Um, like a lot of conspiracy theories, and a lot of things that maybe start out as like fun little, like non canon, like whatever. And then people get so invested in them and sort of project onto One Direction and just get so caught up in things that they start to like really believe it's real life. And then it actually affects the boys themselves, like in real life. And and their families and, like, people around them, which is super dangerous. Um, and so I think, like, fandom and, like, being so connected to, like, but be- like the connections between, like, fans and the artists themselves is really cool. Um, but, yeah, there's, like, a lot of danger there, too. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'm getting too off, like, no, tangent. No, <laughs>
1: I think of it's part of it, you think, because they are One Direction is sort of the first boy band of the... Not of the social media era, but, you know, like, Twitter and Tumblr have reached pretty high saturation by the time One Direction right. comes around. Right, and it was
2: also those things that made One Direction so big. Mm. Um, like, it, they came in third on The X Factor, but they were wildly popular before X Factor, that season even finished. And it was because there were fans, and also, like, in the UK, too. Like, not even American. Um Which is a pretty big deal, too. Um, And so, like, there are all these fans, and, like, because of social media, yeah, like, tweeting about them and about the X Factor, it was really the fans who let One Direction, like, continue from X Factor because they had a very huge and pretty powerful fandom before they even had their own song. Um, (laughs) And so I think it's because they owe so much of their, like, fame uh, and you know everything to Twitter and fans like that creates sometimes a weird relationship.
1: What is the state of the discourse nowadays? Do you, Do you know? Are you still plugged About in at all? About the conspiracies. Just, just also yeah. Do you have an example of this conspiracy theory stuff? <sighs>
2: I mean, do you not want to talk about? If you don't want to talk about, you don't just yeah. try to like rein in my anger because it like <laughs> makes me so upset. But um, <sighs> but like so the whole like Larry conspiracy, like the idea that like Harry and Louie have been in a relationship since the beginning of their time together on X Factor. Um, and I think like in lots of fandoms, like their ships and like you know, and I think for the most part it kind of just stays like all fun and games and like i'm not actually like pushing this on like the real people in real life situations um but it definitely reached that point with like larry and there's like this whole idea that like they're in love and they're in a relationship and but like simon cowell and like management is like making them like stay in the closet uh and then that like they're that like, their girlfriends are fake or, like, anyone they date is fake or, like, just a PR stunt. Every- everything is a PR stunt, um, which, why? Like, how- <laughs> 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 like, like I don't know that any of these supposed PR stunts gave them any yeah. more <laughs> PR. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: um, like, it's not like Louis especially, like, not dating, like, some big celebrity. Like, he's dating, like, a normal person. Yeah, <laughs>
2: like, the whole time.
1: It's he's not like, a t- situation. Sorry, is that slander? I
2: don't
1: know. Uh, uh, bleep that out. Jason, future Jason, bleep that out. Bleep that name out.
2: Scientology's going to get you. I'm not going to get sued by Scientology <laughs> over here. Um, but yeah, and it's, you know, I think like the ships, whatever, like it's fun. And like, anything with One Direction in particular is very easy to sort of pick them out because they were very like affectionate with one and like, I mean, but all of them, like if you go back and look at stuff, like, they're like very like affectionate and like touchy feely with each other, but like. For some reason, people just, like, honed in on Louis and Harry and, like, thus Larry happened and, like, whatever. But now it's to the point where people, like, still, like, believe it so fiercely that, like, they will go to extreme lengths to, like prove that Louis' like, son isn't real. B- because somehow that affects, the, like, it, like. and you see where, like, that doesn't even really affect that theory uh, logically. Like, he could, ha- you know, what? like, he could have a son and still like, you could run with the Larry narrative. It like, it's um, like obsessive
1: fan theory stuff. It's normal when it's applied to, like, fiction. But yeah. it's applied to, like, a real person's life. Right. It feels weird. It gets yeah. really weird. Yeah. Um, Like, people Ooh.
2: write fan fiction about them in all of their, like, Because the only academic sources I could find were just about fan fiction. Yeah, and it's led to actual like, like very serious harassment of Louis and you know his family, the mother of his son, her family, their you know his their friends, like anyone around them. It's led to them being like disgustingly harassed online, and there was also like an altercation like in the airport in LA where like, oh my god, I don't even want to call them fans because I just think at that point like. You're not a fan, and that's like a disservice to the <laughs> concept of being a fan. Like we got into like a physical altercation with Louis's girlfriend, and he like stepped in, and so like he was like Oof. arrested. I don't like because he like stepped Louis in. Was arrested? I don't know if he's a, he was definitely like
0: taken into custody. Yeah.
2: Hmm. Um but so like, yeah, and so it's led to like very serious negative things happening in real life. um and so that i mean i think i think like personally i think that the whole concept and like the conspiracy theory is like a load of crap and like i'm like whatever like if they were whatever but i think it's gotten to the point where like like they like louis definitely said like no we're not and like it it but because people were so adamant about it it like it change their friendship Aww. because it was like any single time they were like together or like t- like oh. you know that's really exciting. that's actually really
1: sad people yeah. would
2: like people would make such a big deal out of it um and get so insane over it that like they had to start like just they like weren't Not spending time long. together and like weren't as close give me, give me a
1: handshake harry yeah <laughs> no, um, no pats today
2: and it's so, like every little thing was so overanalyzed it
0: makes me so sad i know it's actually yeah. really upsetting
2: so that's why I'm like, that makes oh, me so... Let boys be
0: friends with each other. It's poor
1: boys.
2: Yeah. I
0: mean, let boys date too, but if they don't yeah. want to, don't want them to do. And that's my thing is I'm
2: like, <laughs> you know, for all... Like, they could be, I mean, whatever, but I think, like...
0: I think that's kind of a great point too, like, because we talked about earlier about how um, liking One Direction is sort of like, you mm. know, a cause for you at this point. Like, it's like stuff that teenage girls like is, is va- valid and real. and But I think we also have to like, you know, it's, it's nice to see boys who are yeah. affectionate and and like each other right and aren't necessarily like bros
2: right well i think wise. that might be like a different thing too is i mean i i nice don't know but let
0: them stay that way without yeah. being like they're in right. love
2: right but also like
0: let them be in love but, if they want to be and then it gets to <laughs> where
2: like like harry is like very you know like he you know like he's pretty I'm not outspoken but he's pretty vocal about you know like his like, beliefs and, like, equal rights um, and things like that. And, like, at his, like, concerts, like, people will, like, bring pride flags um, and he'll, like, you know, like, prance around on stage with them. But um, for people who want so badly to, like, defend the concept of, like, any member of One Direction not being straight... They're really, like, assigning him a sexuality based on his, like, outward appearance and actions, which is, like, a mm-hmm. very silly thing to do. Like, does that make sense? It's, like... And I think,
0: like, because they're public like figures, can... like, speculation on their sexualities is expected, but you don't have to force them into a relationship with each right. other. Yeah. <laughs> right.
1: And it's, it's if you're trying to... If your goal is, in, on some level, to defy stereotypes, like... Assigning someone on, like, a sexual preference that they have never expressed based on the way they look or even act Mm -hmm. is uh, the opposite of what you're trying to do. Yeah,
2: and, like, even recently Harry said, he said, like... some like and I think like you like that's not like it's not an appropriate question, to, like asking like an interview context, but someone was like, What is your sexuality? Which is like, why? Why would yeah, you ask yeah. that? But so he like he he just was like, I just don't like to like I don't feel the need to label myself. And people were are like, that means he's gay. Like uh. he's literally just said he Let's just talk doesn't about label how
0: sexuality has a spectrum. Yeah,
2: like <laughs> and you can be wherever you want on that spectrum. Yeah, like Oh, it's just so, so much. It's like, just let them.
0: My sexuality exists. Yeah.
2: Sexuality so. Exists.
0: All sexualities exist.
2: So there's a lot of problematic anyway, stuff in the are fandom. I
0: hate for talking
2: about this. It just depends on what the reach of your podcast is.
1: If any One Direction fans are listening right now, <laughs> this is my challenge to you. Prove. No! No.
2: I... <laughs> no! 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 Because they've tried to do that and it's ended very badly for everyone <laughs> except them. <laughs> Somehow, <laughs> the
1: people—they always get away at the end.
2: Yeah, um, it's just—I think you can like just let it be. Really, like it is what it is. Um,
0: let people be people. <laughs> thank you for going down that rabbit hole. I know it was uncomfortable you. and and anger-inducing. I'm really proud of. <laughs>
2: Hope.
1: You you were very cogent.
2: Thank you. <laughs> you you didn't you, start you, you, speaking in tongues. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> well, no. I feel, like, I feel like I understand like why it makes you so upset now because like I got really upset for yeah, them. Yeah, I'm <laughs> upset now too. I like to do some rapid fire ish questions. Yeah.
2: Bring it on. Just don't ask about a musical. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: who's your favorite boy?
2: Um. Okay. I love like I love Niall. Um. Like, yeah, it's Nile, but also, like, there's something about Louis that just makes me, like, feel really, like, I really love him and feel really, like, protected. <laughs> but, like, it's Nile. <laughs> Fun fact, I, like, Harry was my favorite for a good while, um, and then I think my Irish ancestors were, like, rolling in their graves and, like, struck and No, you were like the down. Irish one, Caitlin. And then, like, all of a sudden, they were like, if you're going to live in England, you're at least going to love the Irish one in one direction, because, like, that's when it happened. Okay.
1: What is your least favorite song?
2: Okay, um, definitely can there be a couple? Because let's let's hear them. Okay, so Little Black Dress, <laughs> I'm just yeah. like I, oh, those <laughs> lyrics, are like just came like rich. pure objectification of a woman <laughs> based on her clothing. <laughs> um, that's pure and simple, that's what it is, and then um. There's another song that's like really really terrible. Um lyric wise, um women wise. Um
1: Is it also on Midnight Memories? I believe so. Just pulling up the track list here. I see a song called Don't Forget Where You Belong.
2: No, that's a cute one. Oh, okay. okay. Nile wrote it like about his hometown. It's cute. Aww. Um Oh,
1: Nile wrote a song about his hometown? Surprising. <laughs> Get over it, Nile.
2: So if there was a musical about, or if there's a musical about Nile. <laughs> easier a, easier, a, I'm easier to, to identify the theme. Um, wants to go home. <laughs> oh, little white lies, god awful.
1: Little black dress and little white lies. Yeah, in the you just same can't, record.
2: Yep. Not that far apart from each other either. It's just like a double whammy. <laughs> like it's, oh, it's bad like you say you're a good girl but i know that you would girl that's a little too
0: blurred lines for me yeah it's very blurred <laughs> lines yeah ooh, come on ooh. boys
1: i know you yeah. want it too i know you feel it too Let's yeah. stop pretending yeah uh. and
2: like you say you don't want to but like your eyes like you're lying because your eyes said like it's bad mm. and i do believe that's a liam and louie one which was like very disappointing because yeah. it was yeah. kind of like they took like obviously they're learning from the like pro- professional like industry songwriters that they're working with and then like so at first you're like okay like that was other people writing those songs but now they've like taken that and been like oh that's what we should write and like internalize that theme and that style of writing
1: optimistically i would say that i hope that the the faults in their songwriting is more about just being un, un un you know undeveloped in their songwriting abilities and falling back on these things as yeah just laziness or inexperience and, just, and like true, we were saying like, earlier deep down um
2: like the speed with which they had to produce albums yeah. i think that they weren't there wasn't a lot of like editing going on like if they found stuff that like sort of fit the theme and like rhymed and was the right number of like syllables mm-hmm. like it was good. Um, <laughs> so anyway, this is not rapid fire. <laughs> well, <laughs> no. it's more
0: rapid than our uh, other. Questions. True. All right. <laughs> Do you have a favorite One D song?
2: Favorite One D song. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Fireproof is. Ooh, was I was a good gonna job. say. That so that was really the first good. song that they put out off of four, like not as a single. Yeah. Um, but I remember sitting in the office that I worked in, and it came out, and like you just had to like go to their website, and listen to it, and I was listening to it, and I was just like. And like, I, you know, like Story of My Life had come out and we'd already known that they were trying to head in a different direction with that stuff. But I just like heard Fireproof and I was like, and also for it to be the first song they wanted anyone to hear off that album and like let it represent like what was forthcoming, I was like... Like so, fireproof was like a moment for me, and then Olivia off of Made in the AM is like mm. I, I like love oh, it. That was Olivia's. Got yeah.
1: some, it's very fun.
2: It's so good. They like recorded the strings at that, like Abbey a, Road. Yes, yeah, it's a Harry Styles. that's
1: got it's got some real uh, Beatles vibes. Yes, too, right? and they
2: recorded the strings mm-hmm. at Abbey Road. Um, oh well, okay. well, There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Should have
1: listened so, for 10 And more
2: I love seconds. it. <laughs> and it's got like a like Willy Wonka like pure imagination like. I don't know. Don't worry, I don't know if Willie that's Wonka a good association or not. Sorry.
1: <sighs> we've we've been through a lot. With I'm sorry, Mr. Wonka.
2: I'm sorry. That's probably like a great association to make. You can cut that.
1: Just
0: don't see the
2: musical. I love it, and I think that don't it was like some musical. really like good imaginative. Lyrics, yeah, it's really it's yeah. I, fun. just like the concept like of like the, loving love and yeah. like that's cute. I like
0: when the lyrics don't make that much sense.
2: That well, that's Harry for you. Um, <laughs> he's got a lot. I think he's got a lot of cool like lyrical concepts and like metaphors, yeah. and the ideas don't always like totally feel finished <laughs> and like you know comprehensive. But um, he's but also, like they're really
1: cool. Like he's also, to my knowledge, the only member of One Direction to thus far write a song about um, jacking off alone in a hotel room. Yeah. That he is. Which that's song um, was that? That's from, from the uh, dining table. Yeah, the last, the last song in his solo album. <laughs> it's is, a very uh, emotional. Good. It's good. Uh, it's, it's a not game. what you expect from a former member of One Direction. The first
2: time I heard that, I think I learned just like screamed. I was like, "What?" <laughs> 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 um. Anyway, we can keep the questions coming. That was my last question. Did you have oh, any okay.
1: questions? Um. No, I want to turn the questions to you now, Kelsey. <gasps> oh
2: God.
1: <laughs> now that you've been exposed to this, uh, this very well curated. This this sort of mighty, small but mighty power pack of, uh, of a playlist. <laughs> and now uh, we've got gotten a little, to know the boys a little bit better. Do you think your life has been ruined?
0: You know, I don't think it's been ruined. I think I have an interest, like a blossoming, like I want to know more. I kind of want to watch the movie.
1: The seed's been planted.
0: I kind of want to yeah, watch wanna the Yeah, you want to watch the
1: movie. I kind of want to watch it now too, Yeah. <laughs>
0: I, I feel like <laughs> depending on how I mean, that
1: I'm, I'm a real Morgan Spurlock completionist, so I'm gonna have to watch it eventually anyway. <laughs> yeah,
2: um, it's like it's enjoyable, like it's fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> like they're just like goofy idiots. Yeah,
0: I, I kind of want to watch the movie. I think if that goes well, my life could be ruined. But I kind of think I maybe missed missed the the window in which I could have had a really successful when you were most ruining. susceptible. <laughs>
1: I guess part of it is now because they're not currently putting out music as a group, yeah. Yeah. so.
0: I'm definitely into Harry stuff, and I'll definitely keep listening to it. And I liked Four a lot, mm-hmm. the whole album, most of it. No. Yeah. And what about you, Jason?
1: I gotta say, I didn't know. I mean, I didn't know a lot about them going into this. Honestly, I mean, a little bit, but I didn't know that they wrote any of their own songs.
2: Yeah, and no they, one seems to know that. It's not a, the it's information a, is, is right there. <laughs> <laughs> Stop making assumptions, people.
1: Well, I'm sorry, I made an assumption. I was wrong. And honestly knowing that they have especially over time like move moved more towards like taking more ownership of their material and writing their own songs mm-hmm. does help me a little bit with like seeing them as you know, they're still always gonna be on some level an artificial group. But, you know, knowing that they at least like work towards that it makes me see them as more of a band.
2: Yeah. In that vein, can I like add just add something that's yes, like very please. important to me on like those topics? Is that like and, in, like, so I mentioned that, like, my love of them sort of became this, like, defense of, like, not all of the fandom, but um of the I good was, like, parts of it and girlhood of girlhood and, um yeah. and, like, validate and, like, finding value in the things girls like. Um, Something that really bothered me was when people started reviewing Harry's album or even just when Sign of the Times came out. And there was this tone of, like, shock and, like, whoa, like, didn't expect that from a member of One Direction. And I was sitting there, like... Like, yeah, it's not a, like an exact like next jump from what they were doing, but like, I think if you understood and listened to One Direction Beyond, like, what makes you beautiful and like those first couple very like pop heavy manufactured albums, I was like, it's not that shocking to see that like any of them would go in like a rock based direction. No pun intended. Pun intended. Um, and, <laughs> um, but and it it was these reviews seemed very like backhanded to me where it was like like backhanded compliments like like that like, wow, I really like Harry's stuff, but, like I'm surprised that I like it. And it's like, well, he didn't just like birth this new like <laughs> style and like interest out of thin air. like he was cultivating that the whole time he was in one direction and it's reflected in songs like Olivia, um and you know, other songs that he wrote, um and that you know others wrote um. But yeah, and it also speaks to that, like, so now it's like these, like, mostly I was noticing, like, these dudes writing for, like, Rolling Stone and, like, other, like, big, like, music publications or whatever, like, saying, like, oh, like... Harry Styles the solo artist is respectable but like still like bashing One Direction it's like but he wouldn't be Harry Styles the solo artist he is right now if he hadn't gone through all of that it's like a historical necessity um, that he was in One Direction and One Direction like produced this these new solo artists um but so yeah and again I think it's just I think that like the reputation of One Direction and their music suffered because of people's thoughts about like young girls and what they like um, and so people like didn't pay a lot but of attention to them. But I mean,
0: people love the Beatles, and that's how they started out.
2: Right? Oh yeah.
0: Like
1: well, the, the Beatles weren't on X Factor.
0: No, but they be were totally a, fair. a boy no, band. in a lot of
2: bands, yeah. Like that band was mostly liked by teenage girls. Yeah. Hysterical teenage girls. Um,
1: They've never gotten anything right. The Beatles was just a fluke.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyway, so just like yeah, I think that like it hurts. A little like I'm like so glad they're getting like praise and like a lot of recognition and people really like their solo stuff. But like I don't think you have to like do that at the expense of like bashing one direction or bashing in the other boy is like yeah. there's a lot of comparison going on. I'm like, I don't think that's necessary. They're all different. Yeah. Anyway.
1: They're all going in their own direction. Oh, uh-
2: that's the other thing. If like journalists could be a little more creative with with their with headlines. Their
1: <laughs> Thank you, Caitlin, for sharing this all with us. This has been you're
0: welcome. Very
1: enlightening. I think this is uh, this is gonna be a good one. Yeah, seems to be pretty good.
0: Do you feel like you can you can like One Direction now?
1: I feel a little better about it too. Okay. I hope I'm not guilty of that sort of I hate sort of rockism and anti-pop bias in music. I'm trying not to fall into it. That's why I that's why I seek that's why I want to unlock my full potential of loving One Direction.
2: <laughs> I don't I mean there's like there's like the, pro, the problematic things, which like everything everything has. is problematic. Um, everything is everything. problematic. So but I think you can like fully enjoy something while still acknowledging its flaws. So I don't think you should feel bad about liking One Direction.
1: Life ruined. Special thanks to Danny About and the Weeping Willows for use of their song Outside in the Rain from their self-titled album, available now on Bandcamp.
0: And special thanks to Carly Sussman, who designed our logo. You can find her work at carly-rose.com. Uh,
1: if you have a chance, rate and review our podcast on iTunes. Uh, if you know someone who is a fan of something we've covered in the past.
0: And you know a One Direction fan. You know you do.
1: Yeah, recommend the, this episode <laughs> or whatever episode they would like to them. Uh, I Caveat, make sure they're not going to be mad at us. I don't want us to be the podcast that makes people mad because of our opinions. It's just, you know... Uh, you know,
2: use your judgment is all I'm
1: saying. <laughs> use your judgment. Use your judgment. So from all of us here at um at Ruin My Life Studios, let me be the first to say Happy
0: Harry Days.
1: Happy Harry Days. Happy Harry Days. Happy Horne Days. hey <laughs> ha- hairy holidays.
0: Harry Horn Days?
1: <laughs> Harry horn, horn Days. <laughs>
0: There's a lot of options there. <laughs> so Stupid.
1: <laughs> they wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up. Can't let them get to me. And even though I always fuck my life up, only
2: I can mention me. They wish I would go
1: ahead and fuck my life up. Can't let them get to me. And even though I always fuck my life
2: up, only I can mention me.
1: Only I can mention me. Only I can mention me. The problem is that impulse, or even like probably, probably more commonly really the, the impulse to like bad. have sexual fantasies about two members of One Direction, <laughs> gets caught up in the echo chamber of online fandom. Yeah. Where any, anything, any delusion you have can be amplified a thousandfold. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Fandom's a scary place.
1: That's like, yeah. That's what uh, gang stalking is, basically. It's what? like it's like paranoid schizophrenia fandom, essentially. What is? Um, well, that's a bad way of putting it. Gang stalking is like a very specific kind of paranoid schizophrenic delusion huh. that's reinforced by an online community of people who believe the same thing has happened to them. Wow. So yeah. it's, a, it's a really fucked up thing. We can do an episode about that. Are you doing your life with gang stalking? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a nice turn for us.
0: <laughs> anyway. Cool boy.
1: Okay.